Hello, everybody. Welcome to the uh, Arrowhead Attic Podcast. I can't do that voice any longer than that. Sterling, this hair is driving me crazy. I don't even know where I got this. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just apologizing to everyone up front. Uh, Sterling's in a great mood. I'm in a weird mood. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. My name is my name today is Matrick Mahomes. I'm here with Sterling Holmes. Sterling, what's the best nickname you've ever had, by the way? You can't stop there is no way that Matt Connor wanted the intro that bad for that voice. That is incredible. Matt, give, give you a big round of applause here. That was... So someone got me this Mahomes hair headband thing for a uh, for a joke. And I, like, I've had it for months. I've never, never had it on the air here. So I thought, what better time than the bye week to... <laughs> And then, you know, and then when I wear it, it's like, everyone's like, that's not Patrick Mahomes at all. That's like Cindy Lauper had a blow dryer accident and burned her set. You know, I don't know. Dude, anyway. it is outstanding. By the way, I will potentially, if you're lucky, do my Eddie Vedder sings about the Kansas City Chiefs later on in the show. So stick around if you want to hear that debacle. This show, what are we doing today? Uh, here's what I know. Sterling, we made a beer. A beer. A real life beer, you and me, Patrick Allen, uh, Matt Verderam, with our good friends at KC Beer. Uh, are you, do you have some? What can you tell us about it? That's the sign from KC Beer Co. Right there. I stole it. I didn't steal it. Actually, we bought it. But KC Beer Co. We went there. We brewed our own beers about uh, was it two months ago now? About two months ago, I actually was able to taste it about three days ago over the weekend. And holy shit, y'all, it is delicious. I drank it out of the actual tank, like the actual tank. It it was so cool. They just went up there and poured some. But now, as of today, Tuesday, they're making six packs as well as an on-tap NKC Beer Co. It's a red lager, 5.2% alcohol content. It is, trust me, delicious. Read that right there. I don't know, what, know how much more to say. It is actually really, really good. I was a little nervous because when you try something that you brewed, that you're putting your name behind, you're sitting here going, please, please tell me it's good. Please tell me it's good. Oh, it's damn good. I'll actually be there tonight drinking some um, from about 6.30 to 8.30. So if you, anyone wants to stop by, come grab a beer. I will be there, me and my girlfriend, eating there, drinking some beer. Uh, but Casey Birko, dare to beer different. And trust me, you will love what you try there. Love it. Love it. Sterling, what's your mood right now? Uh, The whole AFC right now is either home because their season's over and they had like Zach Wilson for a quarterback or they're practicing all week because they weren't good enough to get the bye. Meanwhile, our Chiefs are both resting and getting ready because they're the most kick-ass team in the NFL. I'm feeling really good about it. I feel... Like that just puts me on cloud nine, knowing that that the Chiefs are where they are. Like, are are you and are you like how are you right now? Oh, I'm stoked, man. I mean, this is why I'm so happy as well. The Chiefs have a bye. They played the most complete game of this season going into this bye. Mahomes looks like he's going to win his second MVP. Chris Jones put up insane numbers all season long. Probably going to miss out on Defensive Player of the Year award winning it. 
but he's probably going to be in the conversation. He had 11 pressures last game, two and a half sacks. George Karloftis is coming on. Um, the Chiefs' offense did not take a step back, losing Tyree Kill. They're, they're winning in the trenches. The special teams got it together, got right on the last chance they could. It's one of those situations where you're just sitting here going, my goodness, this is this is coming together. We're seeing the team, hopefully, peaking at the right time. Is Andy Reid off of a bye? They won't have to play the Bills or the, or the Bengals in their first matchup. You're just sitting here going, hell yeah. It's great being a Kansas City Chiefs fan. This is outstanding. Yeah. 14. 14 wins in 17 games. I mean, you know, I, I just remember when you and I were plotting out what was going to happen like the the idea of winning like whatever that is like 82% of your games or whatever it is seems like such a pipe dream that you automatically just want to throw in like well i guess i'll just turn this game into a loss in my predictions because who can go 14 and 3 it turns out the chiefs can and like i just remember back then going like well you know maybe the titans usually have their number maybe they'll lose that one or Maybe they'll split with the Raiders because rivalries are funny that way. I mean, like, you have to come up with reasons to make a loss because that sort of a season sounds so far-fetched. But now that the season happened, no Tyreek in a, in a transition year, quote, when, the, when, the, when the defense is learning like they are, the Chiefs have so much. I want to talk, like, obviously we want to talk all about the playoffs, but the regular season's over, and that gives us, like, a group like a bit of football to dissect because that's now over. Those stats are frozen forever. When people reference like, you know, Kelsey had this many yards that year, whatever, like, like it's all set in stone now. And I guess I just love to look back at the regular season for a minute and just say like, like what to you was the biggest surprise on both offense and defense. And I'd love to start with the offense. Okay. Like, if you look uh, at the regular season, what's the biggest surprise for you on the offensive side? Really quickly, I see your comment, Joe. Just so you know, we're actually going to get to that later on in the show. So stick around, and we will we will hit your question. That's actually already on the show sheet. So good job. Great minds think alike. As far as the offensive side of the ball, what really stood out to me were, were probably two things. Juju Smith-Schuster's emergence as a secondary weapon alongside Travis Kelsey, because we knew about Travis Kelsey, but the question was who was going to step up and be the wide receiver one or the second main target on this team. The answer was Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, I was very excited when they went out and got Juju, but I did not think he was going to do what he did. Um, you know, obviously close to a 1,000 yards, right? But what Juju did was become Mahomes's safety blanket, if you will, the zone beater. It wasn't the Juju Smith-Schuster. It was like, oh, yeah, this is the same thing as Tyree Kill. They're great wide receivers. Go out and just, just catch a deep ball. No, it, it was – it's different. It was a different offense, but they found a way to make it work. And the second thing was the offensive line and the progression throughout the season. Not just Orlando Brown Jr., but the offensive line as a whole. We had some question marks regarding Trey Smith early on in the season. We're sitting here going, why does he not look like the same Trey Smith as last season? Well, injuries played a part. Once he got healthy, what happened? This offensive line really started to dominate. Um, I'm really enthused by the – continuation of this offensive line. I'm enthused that Mahomes is able to just sit back in the pocket a lot more. Uh, and I'm enthused that Mahomes isn't getting hit. This is a win, win, win. It seems like the offense is starting to peak at the right time. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Who are your offensive superlatives, I should say? Yeah, you know, I want to go back to Isaiah Pacheco for a second here because I, when we saw him run in the preseason, he passed the eye test in a way that had people excited. And even then saying, like, this guy's a better fit than, than, than Clyde reminds me a little bit of Kareem. We've got, we've, got some, um, we've got some juice here we haven't had. And I remember back then – liking what I saw in Pacheco, but also tapping the brakes a bit, thinking, uh, like, let's not get carried away in the preseason about a seventh-round rookie. Now it looks like we should have been playing him more all along. The kid almost had a 1,000 yards rushing, and he didn't even really start to play until halfway through the season. Now, like, we need to admit, a 1,000 yards means less than it used to. Like, over 17 games – if you have 50 yards a game, which is not a hero's amount by any means, you're going to end up with 850 yards in a season just if you stay healthy. So that mark of 1,000 yards being like this, you know, threshold of like elite players, that's not true. But Pacheco certainly played well above his drafted punching weight, you'd say. And I think that there's really something – um I don't know. I, I was just really shocked at the way he's taken on that starting role, whatnot. I, I love what I've seen from him. I think on the negative side, though, the other surprise I'd say would be Orlando. I, I think coming in, you know, when you make demands to be the best paid player at your position, when you're the bookend that this team has traded a first-round pick for, when you're tasked with protecting Mahomes, the fact that he looked – so bad for half a season. Uh, I mean, that was, uh, you know, I mean, we need to give him credit now, but we gave him a lot of criticism earlier. And now the chiefs are just in a really weird position. And I just think I I did not expect that. I expected best behavior. I expected, you know, I expected us to be talking about, geez, how much, how much money is this going to cost us? And then earlier today, I was like talking about trade scenarios for Laramie Tunsil. So, okay, but 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 wouldn't you say at least in this aspect, 
the first half of the season, Orlando Brown Jr. was was bad. There, there, I, he was bad. Not average, bad. Yeah. Second half of the season, I think he's been well above average. I think that's fair to say. I've been criticizing Orlando Brown Jr. You know, a lot. But I also want to point out when he's doing well, and he's done very well the last half of the season, I think we have to at least point that out. Yeah, you know, I still don't think I'd put him in that category of among the best paid. Agreed. And I don't think that I also want to then wager a long-term deal on a half season, which then leaves us back where we're at, which is a likely franchise tag, which means likely more drama, likely whatever. I guess all I'm saying is when we're talking about surprises from the regular season, I'm surprised that that we're having these kind of conversations around Orlando. I guess that's it. I, I would agree. But again, I think it's one of the situations where you can win the Super Bowl this season with Orlando Brown Jr. playing yeah. the way he's playing at left tackle. Uh, yes. I think the loss of Von Miller is going to be huge. Uh, for, for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I, I just want to point out, though, that he has done very well, in my opinion, over the last half of the season, and I do want to at least uh, point that out there. If I am going to be tough on him, i got to give credit where credit is due. Um, you said no. You said get this dumb idea out of here on the show sheet. <laughs> you were not happy about this. I was just kidding. I was just kidding. I, 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 I'm kind of joking and kind of serious about Noah Gray and Jody Fortson for that matter, the backup tight ends. This has been the best tight end room, probably the entire NFL. And this is the best tight end room top to bottom. The chiefs have probably ever had. Yes. Travis Kelsey doing what he's done, but it's not just a black hole when he goes out of the game. Noah Gray and Jody Fortson were solid in their own right. I'm not saying they're great, but they were solid. Noah Gray was working on blocking and you saw him improve as the season went on Jody Fordson I feel horrible for the injury again but he was a legitimate red zone threat and some of the catches he makes he's just an absolute matchup nightmare for opposing defenses I do want to give a shout out to those two guys because they're learning from Travis Kelsey they're not going to get a ton of playing time being behind Travis Kelsey but the fact that they could splash in limited action to me gives me a lot of hope for the future as well yeah yeah, I, I guess I would add to that. I mean, one, I totally agree with you. I've said before, I think both Fortson and Gray would be around 500 yards, uh, you know, a season kind of guys if they were on another roster. I I think they both have um, starter potential or at the very least platoon potential that you just don't have when you're living in Kelsey's shadow. I think that's fine. But to me, that brings up the other surprise, which is, Travis Kelsey is now firmly in his 30s, right? He's now mid-30s. He is the one guy who's getting bracketed coverage, like before you before you doubled Tyreek and Travis, right? Now all of that responsibility falls on Travis. Every defense is going to make every other Chiefs receiver beat them one-on-one. Fine, we want you to try to beat us, but we're, t- we're taking – they're going to try to take Kelsey out of the game. You would think that the Chiefs would be more one-dimensional. You would think Kelsey would be one year older. You would think that the Chiefs would play him that much less with Gray and Fortson around. You would think, you would think, you would think. Instead, Travis Kelsey sets career highs in catches, career highs in touchdowns, almost 1,400 yards receiving. Again, he added his best season after losing the very guy who made him so open. He's 
Travis Kelsey is is like a, a demigod. He's like he's like he's like a, a man among boys in in a league where you have to be a man to even to even like sniff a tryout. It, it, it's it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal that he's doing what he does. And you had to wonder before, oh, is Travis going to last all the way through this extension? And then now you're wondering, is there a possibility he's playing into like Tony Gonzalez age? Right. I love it. I love that as a surprise. And I think what's so crazy about the longevity and excellence of Travis Kelsey, not only is he the same age as Rob Gronkowski, which just always blows my mind, the fact that they are the same age, that just seems asinine and and physically not possible. But the fact is Travis Kelsey has been consistently compared as either the guy that he's being compared to Gronkowski early on in his career. And then when Gronkowski kind of had his dip, either injuries, retiring a little bit of both, it was, okay, well, now who's next to Travis Kelsey? George Kittle, Mark Andrews, they Darren Waller for a season. But the fact that it's always been Travis Kelsey for how long now? Eight years he's been in conversation is either looking up or in the same category as the best, and now he's the best. It's always, well, who's next? Who's next? Who's next? That is so impressive, the consistency at a position where we've not seen that kind of longevity in, in the current NFL. Like Tony Gonzalez is the last, Antonio Gates, right? But look at today's NFL. There's not really a, a tight end who's been that excellent for that long ever since those two guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the lion's share of this falls on Travis. He is talented. His work ethic, um, Andy Reid and his offense deserves credit. And Travis is the first one to say that. He's always like, hey, it's Big Red. It's Big Red playing with Big Reds, playing with Patrick, right? But the other unnamed uh, the other unnamed sort of element here that needs to be addressed or acknowledged, I think, is Alan Burkholder and this Chiefs training staff, right? Like this, this, this is a group. The Chiefs are not only largely healthy right now when they need to be, but when you've got a guy like Travis taking the hits he does, playing as long as he does, showing as up as, as well as he does, you've got to look behind the scenes and go, hey, who's the one who's making his regimen? Who's the one who's like pacing out his his snap counts? There, there's there are some other people who deserve some of that recognition and and I you know Travis's own production is the credibility that they deserve. Yeah, let's get into the defensive side of the ball. Who were some defensive surprises for you? Look, I um I, I posted this on Twitter earlier and 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 maybe it's not a big surprise, but here's what I thought: Brendan Daly was moved from the defensive line to linebackers this year, right? Joe Cullen came in as a former, as a longtime Ravens line coach, but but the uh, defensive coordinator for the Jaguars a year ago. This year along the defensive line, we have seen Colin Saunders become a real player for the first time. We've seen Chris Jones take the leap to the next level and turn in like a truly elite and consistent season all year long. Turk Wharton was making the leap before um, before he went out with a torn ACL. George Karloftis has come along very nicely, and the learning curve looks really steep right now. Mike Dana just had a couple sacks and has looked really good behind them, not to mention just the veteran uh, savvy and, and acumen of having guys like Frank and Dunlap still around doing what they can do um, in their reps. So I'm looking at that thinking – I never thought that a positional coach switch would bring out so much 
out of so many guys, but a unit where we were all crying foul over. I can't believe all they did was add George Karloftis. I can't believe they just, like you signed Dunlap at the end. That's all we're doing here. Joe Cullen and that influence has made a huge difference. Um, and and now I'm just thinking, damn, I hope they hold on to him. I hope he doesn't take a coordinator level job with another team, uh, you know, because you, you want to keep him there. What about you? What's been like, what's been the big defensive surprise for you? Well, l- let me go and touch on that very quickly. It actually looks like the Chiefs have the second most sacks, according to Stat Muse, in the NFL this season of any team. Yeah. Only behind the Eagles. The Eagles have 70, which is far and away the highest. And then the Chiefs are second with 55, above New England at 54, and the Cowboys at 54. How crazy is that? It is crazy. I mean, w- we've talked about the concern as far as some lack of consistency against the elite teams, the Bengals, the Bills, but it's tough to knock them for what they've done. They've grown. Karloff is like you mentioned, is coming into his own. Dunlap is not tiring. He is progressing still as far as I thought he might wear out. I thought he might have a little case of, okay, we'll see him have a spark here and there, but he's been consistently good. Chris Jones, the, the knock always against him was not his elite top-end level of play, but can he do it game in and game out? And he has. I have been extremely impressed with the defensive line, and I do think a lot of that goes uh, to Joe Cullen. I mean, even Brandon Williams was making an impact, and Brandon Williams was was released, right? So that just is another testament to what Joe Cullen can do. I think Trent McDuffie obviously has to be a big storyline here. Uh, McDuffie has looked like a legitimate CB1. He's had a few up and downs, but for the most part, you'll see that as a rookie. He's had less downs than one would expect from a rookie. Trent McDuffie has been a legitimate, I would say CB1 and someone the Chiefs truly needed because when they lost Javarius Ward, they lost what you've seen when he's done with San Francisco. Right. They lost a great talent there. Trent McDuffie has not skipped a beat. We had no idea how good he was going to be his rookie season. He had to be good because who else are you looking at? Legereus Sneed is their uh, Swiss Army knife, right? Then you have Rashad Fitton, a six-rounder who was gone. And then two other rookies in Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson. McDuffie had to be good. Yeah, There, there was no other way around it. If he was bad, this secondary was going to be horrendous. McDuffie was up to the challenge. That, to me, stands out. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you. I I think um, I mean, we're going to see much better play from McDuffie. I mean, I think he, I know he already looks good. He's missed half of his first year. I think he's going to make the leap. There's been some turnovers that have slipped through his hands. There's been some moments when he's been burned. I think we'll begin to see, like, the impact plays. Like, he'll make those plays on the ball. He'll make those deflections. He will generate those turnovers in years two, three, and four. But we've seen him lay the groundwork here where he – He's played at the NFL level now for several games and realized, oh, yeah, his instincts are pro-ready. Um, all of his skill set is still elite, even at this level. He's going to be just fine. And once he gets that wealth of experience, you know, once he's able to reference, okay, I've played Russ Wilson now a few times. I've played Justin Herbert now a few times. This is what, this is what I know he likes to do. Uh, that's going to make him go that much farther. Um, let me bring up another one here because we haven't touched on the middle of the defense. 
And I just want to ask you, what are your thoughts on Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, and the job they've done this year versus the job that you thought they would do coming into the year? Um, close to expectations. Okay. I would say close. I think they're, the run-stopping ability has been what I assumed it would be, which is elite from both. Yep. They're both sure tacklers, and Willie Gay Jr.'s athleticism is incredible. The pass coverage ability has been a concern. We knew it was not going to be elite, but we saw teams take advantage of them over the middle as the season progressed. Now they did a good job against the Raiders, who have two guys over the middle who are very, very good in Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. But that's a small sample size from what we've seen over the majority of the season. Now, I don't know if this is a coaching issue. I don't know if this is a daily issue, right? Because he's now the linebacker's coach. Uh, I don't know if it's a Spags issue, but or just a a personnel issue. They've struggled over the middle against tight ends, running backs, and slot receivers. They just have. We knew coming out of college, this is where Nick Bolton was not going to have – he was not going to excel in this situation. So we thought Willie Gay Jr., this is his spot. Well, Willie Gay Jr., is not seeing the field on third down. That's a little concerning. And the times we have seen Willie Gay Jr. on third down situations, it hasn't looked great. The athleticism is there, but he might not quite be ready of taking that next step, right? Uh, That's the one spot that I would say I've been concerned with and has not met my expectations. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering what you would think there. I'm, I'm intrigued by this Brendan Daly piece of the puzzle. That 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 if the DL hasn't developed like you thought under his tutelage, and then now linebackers maybe haven't made like steps some steps forward that you'd like to see, is there something here? I, you know, I don't know. No one would know except those who work in Arrowhead. Uh, you know, that's the sort of insider thing there that there's just not. But if the proof is in the pudding, you have to ask the question. Well, what would you think? Because again, maybe I had too high of expectations when it came or when it comes to pass coverage from the linebackers, but we knew Willie Gay Jr. That's not his strong suit. So I'm not holding him or holding it against him too much. But again, Willie Gay Jr., this was supposed to be his calling card. Yeah. That that, that to me is a little concerning. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Because what you don't want to see is the Chiefs have to make another day one or two draft pick in the second level of the defense. Like there are other positions that need further foundation laid. And the idea that they would have to like go get another coverage linebacker to do what the first couple draft picks haven't been able to do. That's not a knock on their play. The chiefs field above average defense. Both guys are above average players. Like they're, they're good chiefs and they should be good chiefs for a long time. Yeah. But you know, yeah, they're, they're not making the, you know, when they took Willie Gay, it was all about projection to be that that impact kind of guy if you coach him up, and no one has coached him up uh, at that in that way that we've seen other guys maybe take that sort of step forward. So, um, yeah, I, I love Gay's talent. I like I like Bolton for sure. I yeah, um, but yeah, I, I have questions there about coaching and and whether or not a fresh voice in the room would be good is what I, I guess I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say about it? I was going to say the biggest surprise of all this season was special teams. 
that's been the biggest surprise of all. I don't want to dwell on the negativity because the Chiefs have a first round buy and they're 14 and three, so we can gloss over this. But again, the special teams has been a uh, interesting turn of events that we've not really seen under Dave Tobe tutelage. Um, doesn't matter who he puts back there. It was, it was fumble city. Uh, and then it was a question of Harrison Bucker being hurt. I will give a shout out though. Tommy Townsend took the next step as a punter. It's gone under the radar based on special teams as a whole. But Tommy Townsend not only has a huge leg, he was pinning dudes inside the 20, inside the 10. I was very impressed with Tommy Townsend. I saw Rick Gosselin sent out a thing today. Did you see this? No. It had had the best net average yards for a punter ever. And Tommy Townsend was number two on the list this season. Like he had the – Second best season ever by an NFL punter of having like the most net yards, 50 yards. Like every time he boots the ball, it's half the it's half the field on average, which is which is really just crazy. And and Pro Football Focus released their first team all pro or they released their all pro teams today. And Townsend was their leading punter. And they said, look, he's you know, their their commentary was. He is the the NFL's best combination of power and accuracy. So, you know, it's kind of funny to me to then like, man, why is he fighting with – why is Cole quit picking on him and his holding and why is there all this drama and the blah, 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 you know, like um, you hate to see those kind of knock – because once Cole quit said that, people kind of rushed, rushed to Cole quit's side, cast some shade on Townsend in the middle of Townsend having like this incredibly strong performance – on the field uh, doing what he does. So yeah, you're you're right. Townsend deserves a lot more credit than he's getting. Yeah. And shout out Joe, especially for a guy that doesn't uh, typically get all that much work. A very good point. The chiefs have a weapon at a spot where they don't need to have a weapon or at least a guy to use that often. That's what makes it so impressive. Um, By the way, guys, we're doing a member happy hour uh, Friday the 20th, if I'm not mistaken, Matt. Uh, it's going to be at 5 p.m. That's the initial what we're going with now. You'll get more updates as it gets closer. But if you are a member in the Arrowhead Attic Discord, you're invited. We'll have fun. We'll drink some beers, shoot the shit, and just talk, uh, talk a lot of football. If you want to become a member, you can join on YouTube. Uh, check the link below. Um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. We've done a couple already uh, this year. We've had a really good time doing it. So if you want to join us for a little happy hour, that is how you do it. Yeah, it should be noted that's right before the divisional round. So we'll all be pretty jazzed about whoever the Chiefs are going to face before they host someone uh, like at Arrowhead for the one playoff game we know for sure they're going to be at Arrowhead. Uh, yeah, it should be a good time. Good time. Let's get into wild card round predictions. Chiefs have a bye, so we can just sit back and relax and re- sit back, relax and watch football. Crush a couple Casey beers, you know. Not have Love to it. stress, not have my blood pressure go straight through the roof. It's going to be great. <laughs> First game on Saturday: Seahawks and 49ers. The Cinderella story of Geno Smith, uh, of Pete Carroll of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, of Tariq Woolen, right? They barely snuck into the playoffs. They had to have uh, a couple things go their way, including the Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell's red nose looking like Tom Coughlin beat the Green Bay Packers. They got it done in Seattle in the playoffs. Can they beat the 49ers on their third quarterback, Brock 
Purdy. Um, I'm going to go against the grain here. I'm taking the Seahawks. I'm 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 gonna. I, I know that I know that defense is Super Bowl caliber, but you're playing the last quarterback drafted in his rookie class. I know he's had a good run, whatever. Playoffs are all about like locking things in. I'm I'm kind of going with Pete Carroll here and the more uh and the more veteran quarterback, even though it's Geno Smith. Uh I may I may not like it, but whatever. It's NFC anyway. We don't care. Do you want to bet on this? Uh I'd put a little wager on it. I bet my Mahomes here. No, no, no. Shotgun a beer. Shotgun a beer on a stream. Okay. I get the Niners. You get Seattle. What do I get if uh, Seattle wins? I mean, I will shotgun a beer. I mean, that doesn't do anything for me. It's the same thing. And the odds are with you. The odds are with you. I I will shotgun a 16 ounce beer. I want that pounder. I want that Casey beer neon sign behind you. No, kick rocks. (laughs) Pound sand, pal. You're not getting that. Right. I offer you a shotgun of beer and you get a $200 sign. Well, I got this office now. It's got like carpet on the floor. Uh, yeah. Know. It looks like you're, you're in a hostage situation. Well, I know I got to decorate my walls with my KC stuff. I just haven't had time yet. Dog, give me the 49ers. And here's why the 49ers are like Georgia and I, Seattle is like TCU. Come on. Yeah, it's not about Purdy, just how it wasn't about Stetson Bennett for Georgia. It's about the five stars around him. 49ers are surrounded by five stars. I Seattle? They're not. They have a couple guys. Don't get me wrong, but there's not been a single drop-off from Brock Purdy and Jimmy <laughs> G. Come on now. 49ers are the most complete team in the NFL outside of maybe the Eagles. I'm, I'm taking quarterback out of this, of course. I get but it. It just just from every other position, they might have the best team in football. Brock Purdy or whoever's back there could be you. They'll find a way to win. I I I, I just think there's line issues. I I, I think Brock Purdy. I think it comes down to who it, it's called the game's most important position. I don't like the name. And you're Brock. rolling with Geno Smith, baby. Hey man, I don't like the name Brock, and I definitely hate the last name Purdy. I'm out. I'm out. I'm just uh, totally yeah. out. Sorry to any listener out there who's named Brock. It's not you. It's Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, if you're listening, Pete Carroll's going to beat you. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, let's move on. Dude, he's been Purdy good. Come on now. Don't even give me that. Uh, Let's get into, I think, a very fun one. Chargers and Jaguars. And if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, one that might have some implications. Good chance you're playing one of these two teams in the next round. Jaguars obviously getting into the playoffs at nine and eight, beating the Tennessee Titans. Trevor Lawrence, who would have thought he would take a step forward, having a real adult in the room in Doug Peterson. If you've listened to me at all, you've heard me say this about a thousand times, so I'll say it a thousand and one. Doug Peterson, I thought, got unfairly canned with the Philadelphia Eagles, but yeah. hard to say, right? I mean, it's a year and a half after winning the Super Bowl, he's canned. Hard to complain. Nick Sirianni is doing a great job, so maybe they made the right decision, but I think Doug Peterson is a very good head coach. Now, the Chargers. They don't have a good head coach. They decided to play Mike Williams and Bosa in a game that didn't matter. Not only that, they both got hurt. Not only that, Mike Williams legitimately might miss this game. Not only that, Brandon Staley decided to double down post-game saying, well, you only have sur- sur- uh, so many roster spots. You had to play someone. Yeah, the dudes that are your two of your better players on the team that have been hurt in the past year, 
Dumb idea, Staley. Dumb idea. So one great team with a bad head coach versus a okay team with a really good head coach. Who you taking? Um, I got to go with the Chargers. I got to go with the Chargers here. I think we've seen them up close. We know what they're capable of. We know they're capable. I mean, look, Justin Herbert is the difference there. Trevor Lawrence hasn't quite had his moment. He could have it here. He could have it here. And and with this postseason, he could him, he could insert himself into the conversation of these other AFC quarterbacks. Burrow, Mahomes, Herbert, you know, you get what I'm Allen, you get what I'm saying. Lawrence could be in that conversation, but right now he's not, and Herbert is. And I'm going with Herbert. What do you think? Yeah, Justin Herbert's a lot healthier now. Um, Keenan Allen's healthy. Derwin James, healthy. Rashawn Slater's supposed to miss this game, but he might be back the following week. Um, I know it doesn't matter for this game, but just something to note going forward. I like Justin Herbert. I like the Chargers' talent. I just I don't know if they're going to do just something mind-boggling stupid. Just something where you see here going, how the bleep did the Chargers blow a 13-point lead with two minutes left in the game? I could see that happening. I'm taking the Chargers, but I'm not extremely confident. I think this is going to be a great game, yeah. one that goes back and forth the entire game. The Jags already destroyed the Chargers once this season. Chargers were missing a lot of guys in that one. Uh, Mike Williams, you're hoping he plays if you're a Chargers fan. Else not, Brandon Staley, you're really getting upset with because that was just a boneheaded move. I like what Greg Spence said in the chat. Practice squad guys weren't available. I'm with you, Greg. Literally. Anyone. Mike and, Williams has been hurt multiple times in his career. Yeah, let's play that guy in a meaningless game. Makes no sense. Yeah, I'm I, I will say this. I'm 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 rooting for Jacksonville. Same. I I like Ed Peterson. <laughs> I like uh I like Trevor Lawrence as a story. I like quality football in Jacksonville for that fan base. They've been bad for a long time. The AFC with with the AFC West. Why am I saying that? The AFC South. I think I merged. I think I merged the TH of the South with the West. Anyway, I'm saying the AFC South is eminently winnable. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, and and if you're an up and coming team like the Jags, you've got to love the way that division looks for the next five years for you, because the Colts are still trying to figure out whether they're like they're keeping their GM, but their owner has the final word. Uh, on the hiring train. The Texans are going nowhere fast. The Titans are going down before they're going to go back up. Um, yeah, I, I like the Jags could own this division for the next five years. Uh, you know, like uh, we'll see. We'll see how good they are, but but that's a lot of fun. Let's get into the next game. Dolphins versus Bills. Dolphins, no idea who's going to start. Still a question mark. Tua Tagovailoa, not a lot of update on him. Most likely, I would assume he would be out. Teddy Bridgewater is also questionable. That would leave Skylar Thompson, K-State alum, K-State legend, Skylar Thompson. Uh, I don't care how good the wide receivers are for Miami. If you can't get the dude the ball, they're not going to score. The Bills rallying behind Jamar Hamlin we saw against the Patriots, although I will say it didn't take two kickoff returns to beat the New England Patriots, and the Patriots were moving the ball very easily against this Bills defense. I still like the Bills in this one. I mean, the Dolphins can't score unless Tua Tagovailoa is is starting this game. Yeah, I um, I don't want to get caught up in the Bills' emotional slash inspirational charge. I don't think those things last. You you got to play quality football against 
elite opponents, like rah-rah doesn't get you there. That's why, you know, I mean, otherwise we would spend a lot more money on cheerleaders than we do. Uh, so like, let's get that out of the way. It's a good story. It made for a good time. I'm, uh, you know, emotionally, I think a lot of fans will be rooting for it, but that I don't know that makes a difference on the field. Uh, the Bills are the better team than the Dolphins. That said, we've seen this before when we talk about like the Chiefs and the Chargers. Interdivisional rivalries really can bring out some wonky stuff. And you know, the Dolphins already beat them once this season. I like I have a I have a feeling Skyler Thompson will not be quarterbacking this team. I mean, like when it comes down to it, like like I don't know. For all the ways that we saw Tua rush back for games that didn't matter, for all the ways and I, I just have a hard time believing Miami's not going to like play their cards close to the vest and then come out with, hey, our quarterback is actually X. So yeah, yeah, we'll see there. If it's Tua, do you think the Dolphins have a chance? Or are you still saying? I think they have a chance, uh, okay. but but I think the Bills are still going to win this game because yeah. even with Tredavious White not being the same Tredavious White as he was before the injury, uh, he's still a solid corner, just not elite, at least at this moment. And without Von Miller, they're not getting the same pass rush as they were before. That is very concerning for the Buffalo Bills. I think their defense is definitely gettable. The only difference is – or the only – thing I would say is so is Miami's defense. Miami's defense is no good. Uh, I like Josh Allen and the weapons for Buffalo, just their, how their team is constructed more than Miami's. Uh, I think whether it's Tua, uh, Skyler Thompson, or Teddy Bridgewater, the Bills win this game, although they obviously have a better chance with Tua. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going with Buffalo. Um, I, I think Buffalo's done after that. But yeah. I think they'll win this one. Let's get into the next one, one that might have the best comedy factor because you have no idea if Daniel Jones is going to do something ridiculous, if Kirk Cousins in a non-noon game is going to do something ridiculous. It's the Vikings. It's the Giants. If one of these two teams missed a 21-yard field goal to win it, would you be surprised? No, you would not. <laughs> either one of these teams could put a put a 50 spot on either, other, or either one of them. Man. Wouldn't be surprised. What a mess. What a mess. The comedy factor is going to be just through the roof. Oh, man. You know, it's good for the NFL to have a good team in New York. So good for them. And also, kudos to Mike Kafka, former Chiefs coach. And it's a good story for Brian Dable, too, um, to go to New York and, and make the playoffs their first season. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Vikes wiped, wiped the floor with the Giants in this one. But, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't think they wipe the floor. I think the Vikings win, but the Vikings have been the most intriguing, what, 12 win, 13 win, 12 win team, right? Or do they get 13 and four? I apologize. I'm blanking right now. Yeah, I got to see the standings. Double digit winning team I've ever seen. <laughs> Double digit winning team. Their point differential makes zero sense. 13 and four. 13 and four. Their yeah. team. Make zero sense. They're eleven and zero in one score games. It seems impossible. On the other side of that equation, that's you could make the case that that's a team that knows how to win close games. Yeah, but they've had so many things go their way. You would assume eventually it would have to stop, but I think it goes at least one more week against the the Giants. I, I don't think Danny Dimes as good as Saquon Barkley's been. The emergence of Richie James. I don't think the Giants have the horses. Justin Jefferson can take, op- uh, take over a game. 
almost unlike any other receiver in the NFL. It's very rare when you can see an NFL wide receiver absolutely take over and change the game. Justin Jefferson can do that. I'm going with the Vikings, and that's the main reason. Yeah. Well, let's look at the next game because this is back in the AFC territory. Baltimore Ravens versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Right, One rivalry that just – we keep getting it that third time this season. Um, is Lamar going to play? Uh, are we going to – you know, I mean, are, is Baltimore saving him in some way that maybe Miami is saving their guys for the postseason? What are we going to see there? Are you – do you think the Bengals could be bounced that quickly? No, no. I, I think Lamar or no Lamar, it doesn't matter. The, the Bengals are playing incredible football right now. Uh, even without Lyle Collins, the Bengals are playing really good. The Ravens are not. Lamar Jackson's missed, what, five weeks now. Even if he's back, how much rust is there going to be? Yeah. It feels like it's more of a he issue, not a Ravens issue. I understand where he's coming from. He's sitting here saying, well, if I'm not getting a long-term contract, why would I put my body on the line? Well, I don't know if he's doing this, but newsflash, this is not a bowl game. It's not a six and six bowl. It's not the Liberty Bowl. This is the NFL playoffs. If you can give it a go, you got to give it a go. I assume he's going to try and give it a go if he can. But for, I think it's a sprained MCL. It's just a little intriguing. It's taking this long. Uh, I, I know I've heard rumors that he does not want to wear a brace and maybe that's playing a, a part in this, but it's just, um, it's a weird look. Obviously, if he's truthfully hurt and can't go, I completely understand. But if there's any part that he's just kind of holding back because he doesn't have a contract, that would just be a horrific look. Again, I don't know if that's the case, but I think either way I'm going with the Bengals. They're just playing really good football at this moment. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm with you. Again, my mind goes to those rivalry things like the Dolphins and Bills, like the Chiefs and Chargers, like when teams like this play each other, you know. John Harbaugh is a great coach. That defense is a good defense. Um, you know, it's it's going to be – I think it's going to be tougher than maybe what Cincinnati fans would like. That said, um, yeah, you're right. The The Bengals deserve credit for playing the best football of, of any team right now. I mean, I like – I think more than the Chiefs. I think more than the Eagles. I think anyone I, – I think Cincinnati deserves um, credit for probably being the – the team with the most talent playing the hottest at the right time. Like they're kind of in that perfect Venn diagram of like playing well with the talent that you want. Like they're not just riding a hot hand and you're like, yeah, but they're just pretenders. It's like, no man, they're, they're beating everyone and, and they're kind of coming together at the right time. They're well coached. It's hard not to like them. Uh, except for their chili. Their chili is two scoops of ass. So I actually made my own chili just to prove a point to Cincinnati. I make chili how you're supposed to make chili. It's supposed to be spicy. Come on, Bengals. What the hell? You Grow gotta, up, Cincinnati. Get some taste buds. <laughs> Would you rather eat Cincinnati chili? Now we're getting early. We'll, we'll, we'll do Would You Rather in just a minute. But would you rather eat Cincinnati chili for a week or go without KC barbecue for a year? Oh, I, oh, I can't go without barbecue for a year. I can't go without barbecue for a week. I can hardly go without it for every other day. I can't go without KC barbecue. So, so you would down Skyline chili for a week straight. No, 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 no. I just wouldn't eat. I would get in real good shape. <laughs> nice. Well played. Well played. 
I will also point out the Ravens are throwing to wide receiver one and two, Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson. The Kansas City castoffs form the Ravens wide receiving crew. Not ideal. Man, I think Jeremy Macklin is wide receiver three, maybe. (laughs) A 45-year-old Eddie Kinnison out there in the slot. Just that's how they're going right now. Folks, we're playing uh, Would You Rather, Chiefs edition. Oh, what happened to Cowboys or Bucks? Did that game just stop? Get get Dude, flexed. I think the average age of the quarterbacks involved is like fifty two. Uh, give me the bucks. All right. Yeah, I'm taking the bucks too. I like. I hate Jerry Jones. I don't even want to talk about Jerry Jones. Do you like Jerry Jones? By the way, no, I don't. Is there anyone who likes Jerry Jones? Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, folks, we're, uh, we're hanging in, uh, here, our next segment, would you rather, um, let us know what you think here too, as we, uh, come up with each one, we'd love to see kind of what you'd have to say. First of all, Sterling, let me just pitch this to you. Sterling, I'm going to have you answer. I don't even care about my own answers here. So I'm going to have you go here. Sterling, would you rather face the bills or face the Bengals in the AFC championship game? So you might not care about your answers, but I care about your answers, Matt. So I want to hear your thoughts as well. But I would rather face the Bills because the Bills, I think, are the most beatable team of these three Chiefs, Bengals, Bills of the elite echelon in the AFC. Uh, I think the Bills have some issues that are underlying uh, the loss of Von Miller, Tredavious White not being the same, uh, as well as, again, offensively, they were so reliant on Josh Allen. He's starting to make a lot more mistakes. It's looking more like early career Josh Allen than the prime Josh Allen that he was emerging to become. Uh, I think that you can beat the Bills easier than beating the Bengals. Uh, My Joe Burrow is Drew Brees 2.0. That take is aging very well right now. And it's the same thing where Joe Burrow doesn't really make mistakes. Joe Burrow doesn't have necessarily uh, an elite trait. You can maybe say his um, his accuracy, right? If that's going to be your elite trait, but it's not the strongest arm, not the most mobile quarterback, but he finds ways to get it done. He has elite wide receivers and he gives them a chance to make plays and they do make plays. The Bengals are hot right now. Even if it is Kansas city at home against Cincinnati, I think the chiefs have a better chance of winning against the bills in a neutral site. Look, I'm going to say I want the Bengals and I want the Bengals because three wins in 12 months, is going to be a figure that we continue to hear about over and over again. If the Bengals aren't playing the Chiefs, if the Bengals are somehow bounced by the Ravens or whoever else and don't get a chance to face the Chiefs, they're still going to have the monkey on their back when they face the Bengals that they can't beat the Bengals. I would like the portal into Super Bowl number 82, whatever it is, LVII, I think it is, I would like the portal into Super Bowl to be through Cincinnati. I think that would be the better storyline. I think it would I think it would ready them for the Super Bowl better. I think it would test their metal a lot more. I think Buffalo, Buffalo, you mentioned Tredavious White. You mentioned Von Miller being gone. They've missed key safeties all season long. I I, I don't think to me, Buffalo right now is a second tier team. I think it's Chiefs and Bengals on top tier. And then I think the Bills are the best at the next level. I want to go through the best to get there, which makes me want Cincinnati. I just don't know if I would go that far. I think the Bills are still in the the top three category. 
Um, Stephon Diggs is one of those elite game-changing wide receivers as well. But I also think there's something to the Bills having a lot to prove. The Chiefs have broken through, made it, and won a Super Bowl. The Bengals have, I I would probably say, made it. They've broken through. They went to a Super Bowl. The Bills were the favorites in the national media, even a lot of local media. I I had the Bills in the Super Bowl this year, but in the preseason, right? There's a lot of pressure on the Buffalo Bills to make it. If they don't, it almost constitute another, another, I don't want to say disappointing season, but maybe another letdown. That's yeah. a little bit what it feels like. Yeah. Hey, we got some comments here. Evan, War- Evan Warner puts this well. He says, I'd rather play the Bills, but I'd rather beat the Bengals. Yeah. That makes total sense to me, and that's a great way to say it. Um, all these injuries on Bill D- – uh, Chris Cotta says, all these injuries on the Bills defense all year, and Bills are the number two defense. Um, and then uh, Chiefer 65 – TPT revenge. I get it. Me too. But it's the playoffs. I mean, you're right. You know, you can ask to beat, you can ask to beat the best and then pay the price for it. I get it. But uh, yeah, I'm intrigued by it all. I think there's a lot of great scenarios set up. We'll see. Um, Sterling next answer here. Would you rather, and this goes to a recent transaction conducted by the chiefs this week. Would you rather roll forward with Justin Ross wide receiver or John Ross, wide receiver? Justin Ross. I'll go Justin Ross. Um, he's younger. John Ross feels like a Corey Coleman situation. That's what it feels like in my mind. Maybe a little Josh Gordon-esque, where it's a former first-round draft pick. Um, you know, I don't even know how old John Ross is anymore. I'm going to look that up really quickly. I apologize. Just want to see his his age. He's 27, one year Hill. Wow, one year younger than me. Holy shit. Good for him for being in the NFL, what feels like a, a decent amount of time now and still being younger than me. Wow, time marches on. Uh, but I will go with Justin Ross. He was obviously highly touted uh, before the major, major injuries. The Chiefs cleared him, which, great. I mean, I, I would assume they have a very struff, or strict, rigorous process for clearing players. They obviously think he's good enough to go. Uh, I, I would go with Justin Ross in this one. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'd pick Justin Ross. I think that expecting either one to be on the active roster next year is kind of a fool's errand. I mean, I, I you know, um, how excited are you about any rookie free agent? That's how excited you should be about Justin Ross, or at least what you should expect from Justin Ross. Um, he was injury stashed for a year, so maybe that helps. Like we saw Malik Herring make the Chiefs this year. We've seen Tim Ward make the Chiefs in the past. What wide receiver have you seen make the team in in that fashion? I, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but- Let me get a quick question in right here. The Sports Nest Podcast. Sterling, I'm the same AJ that you didn't pronounce my name right during the post-game show this week. I apologize, AJ. It was a tough last name. It's not my fault. And plus, I'm just good at butchering names. That's what I'm good at. I I, I thrive in that situation. Uh, any chance I could get a shout-out for my podcast. Love this show and everyone on it. Thank you so much for the kind words. Uh, the Sports Nest Podcast is a, a, your podcast. Uh, we will have to check it out and give it a listen. Um, I also want to say Bengals fan in here. We have a couple Bills fans in here. We try and keep things cordial. Bengals fan, with how you guys are 0-3, you're going to love being 0-4. 
I disagree. I don't like being 0-3. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree. And the Chiefs are not going to be 0-4. And frankly, I wouldn't love it either way if they do. Come on. Stringer. Come on. But, by the way, he adds who day there. And I would love to ask Cincinnati fans an honest question. Do you like your own slogan in which you're inherently <laughs> in which you're inherently asking about your own team? Who are these guys? Right? Like, like, like would I like would I love to cheer on the Chiefs and then go, who the hell are who, you? Who are these guys? Who, who am I cheering for? It's like it. an it's like an 85 year. It's like when your grandma asks who who's like your friend when you're showing her a meme or something like that. Who 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 they? Who who are they? Who? That's what that's what the Bengals fans are doing. They have a bad slogan and they have bad chili. Come on, dude. Cincinnati itself, great town. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and Bengals fans that I've met, largely cool fans. I, I like Lucas S. Who day is referring to their offensive line? <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's move on. Another one. Uh, would you rather bring back Orlando Brown Jr. next year at left tackle, or trade draft assets and make it Laramie Tunzel? Oh, Laramie Tunzel. Draft assets for Laramie Tunzel. That that that's not even a a. a thought in my mind i, I would to, do that pay him and yes. and trade multiple picks for him correct okay correct and you're still just nodding like yeah love it oh yeah oh because orlando brown jr is gonna cost let's just say um i i had to listen from you before i've done this a lot so hopefully my numbers are still relatively correct trent will trent williams makes what 23 mil per season yeah orlando brown jr wants to be around there let's just say he ends up getting 22 Larry Tunsil wants to be the highest paid as well. He'll probably be closer to 24, right? Maybe 25 if you're getting frisky. I think so. I think 25. So only a couple mil difference, and you get the elite guy who fits better on your team. Where Leonard Brown Jr. is an elite run blocker at left tackle. I'm not going to deny that. But where he does not thrive is pass blocking. Well, what's this Chiefs team do? They drop back. Larry Tunsil, number one ranked pass blocker at left tackle in the NFL. Yeah. Give me Laramie Tunsil for the couple more mil per season. Yes. Lock okay. it in. Okay. But if you keep Orlando, you also keep your first round pick. Right. If you trade for Tunsil, I'm assuming you're out your first and probably your third. Would you pay that for Tunsil and then also pay him? Dude. I, I I am yes. Just just Laramie Tunsil is a yes for me. I, I I don't have a I don't have anything to say more. I just I I would one thousand percent make that move. Sure, sure. Yeah, I just wondered. I just wondered what you thought there. Um, all right. One more. Would you rather? Would you rather go forward in this podcast without Richard, our producer, or without Casey Beer? No. 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 I'm not making that choice. Okay. I couldn't do it. Richard, why says, would you ask? Why would you ask me that? Richard, I love Richard and I Richard, love beer. Richard was trying to get me to figure out how much you care about him, and you didn't take the bait. So that makes you a good host, Richard. What would you do? Richard, don't do that to us again. Matt Connor, what would you do? Um, I would sneak both in to the podcast, no matter what we were doing. 
That was uncomfortable. I hated that because I love Richard and I love beer. That's like choosing between the two kids I don't have. <laughs> That's good. That's a good response. Um, all right, folks. Hey, just by the way, if you want to hang out um, in Arrowhead Attic Swag, we say this from time to time and we forget. There's actual swag that you can get on site. If you go to arrowheadag.com, um, look for swag. Uh, it's all there in our store, hoodies, beanies, mugs, all the stuff. Just want to throw that out there. Um, but then we also have some member questions here. If you're a member and you're uh, and you're hanging out with us um, in our Discord channel, uh, we often go there just to say, like, hey, we're recording a podcast soon. Anyone have some questions? And uh, Evan had a couple questions for us I wanted us to get to. Um, Sterling, I'll give you the first one. I'll take the second one here. If you had to sign one rookie to a long-term deal after this season, if somehow the NFL granted you extension abilities after one year, who are you extending after this year? Uh, Trim McDuffie. Trim McDuffie would be the guy I'd go to. Um, He's going to become, in my opinion, a lockdown corner. I think he's already a back-end or mid-of-the-line CB1. Like, he's not Sauce Gardner. He's not. He's not – Jalen Ramsey in his prime, but he's been a really, really good corner. Um, if you got him now, you get him at a cheaper cost than you would in three years from now. And you have to make the decision, right? Or I guess four, if you pick up the fifth year option, which the chiefs will just newsflash, unless things go South quick, they're going to have that fifth year option on Trent McDuffie, but I'd go with McDuffie. Who would you go with? Um, I'm going with, I'm going with Naze Johnson. I, I need that seventh-round special teamer for as long as I possibly can. Give me a 10-year deal for Nazi Johnson. I'm not losing him. I'm never losing you, Nazi Johnson. Never. Marshall, Thundering Herd, Pride Forever. Let's keep it up. Uh, never yeah, going to give you up. Never going to let you down. Never going to turn around and hurt you. Love That's it. Matt Connor. Love it. I'd sign George Karloftis. The dude is 21. The dude is 21. I posted this earlier on um, uh, I posted this earlier on Twitter, but looking at Chiefs all-time sack totals from their first year in the league, there's only six players in Chiefs history who have more sacks than George Karloftis did this year. And you know he got them all in the last several weeks, right? So he's trending upward. George Karloftis is also two years younger than most guys who were on that list. So the most sacks that any Chiefs player has ever had was 10. And that was uh, two guys. And then Karloftis comes in there, um, you know, just a few slots below. So, yeah, I, I would pick Karloftis. Well, and by the way, I, I'm with you. It, it's incredible that the Chiefs have multiple guys you can point to and neither one's a wrong answer. But with George Karloftis, I love the folks that kept saying, well, he's a finished product. I'm like, dude's younger than almost any other edge rusher in the draft. Crazy. Somehow, somehow, uh, uh, who was the developmental guy? Um, went to, Kenyon. I think, Minnesota. Oh, uh, um, you, you. Yes, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you go. No, okay. Fine. We know who we're talking about. The guy that went to Minnesota, who was like, oh, yeah, this is a developmental prospect. He's got so much upside, but Carl Loftus, who's younger, somehow doesn't. No, Carl Loftus was more ready now, and he still has a shit ton of upside. Boye I love George Carl Loftus. Boye Mafe, thank you. 
I, what did I say? You go? I almost said Bofa, and I was like, no, I know it's not Bofa. <laughs> Boye Mafe. Joe, Joey Bofa is a hell of a pass rusher. Uh, love that guy. Yeah, all right. And I, uh, other member question, just want to answer this. Then we'll get to our must list and close out the show. Thoughts on keeping Juan Thornhill with him playing well late in the season? Great question. Great question. Thornhill's lights out right now. Does that change what you would want to do with him in the offseason? It all depends on what his market is. This is a very good question. I don't think he has a large market. I don't think we're ever going to see him return to the level he was playing at pre-injury, right? He was playing at a, um, I don't want to say Pro Bowl level, level his rookie season, but he was playing as a top 10, top 20, if you're going to include all safeties, right? Sure. He's playing really well. I don't think he's ever going to return to that, but he can be a useful piece. He's not going to require a lot of money and the chiefs use a lot of three safety. So just because you drafted Brian cook, it's a sunk cost either way, Brian cook, Juan Thornhill, Justin Reed, those three guys, that's a good safety group, not elite, but good. If he's not costing a lot of money, I say, bring him back. I love the idea of bringing him back. If the cost is, is not prohibitive. Yeah. I do think, however, like just like we knew Anthony Hitchens was gone the moment that Nick Bolton was the choice. You know, you just knew it. You just knew it. Um, and the moment that Brian Cook's name was submitted, like it just doesn't take much to do the math for a contract year safety. And here comes Brian Cook, and you got one year to understudy, and there you go. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it depends on the price. If it's cheap, I'd love it. Because I do like Thornhill. I like Thornhill in this defense. I like Thornhill in the secondary. I think he's he's playing very very well right now. Um, but I, overall, I, th- I think he's I think he's probably gone. I think he'll cost. I think he'll cost a little bit more than you think he will. Mm. Mm. A little McCall Hardman situation going on. I I totally think so. And we're not going to talk about it, okay? We're not going to cry because right now we have these guys. These fellows were on the Chiefs, and they're going to win a Super Bowl. A, a little, a little Hugo Bo- Bofa is what I'm. All right, right, Richard, come on in here. Let's do the must list, pal. What's up, guys? We're back. Love Happy it. New Year's. We sh- we need like a ovation. We need like a crowd noise. Where's the uh, gong? Uh, I have my dog in the house today, and if I hit the gong, it would bark like crazy. So that was a little little sense. foresight. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Love it. Love it. Uh, welcome back to the show, Richard. Richard, did we ever explain your absence from the show? I was in prison for at least two weeks. Uh, I broke out, had to change my identity, uh, got new teeth. Uh, those went bad. I had to get new teeth again. They're doing great. It's crazy. How are you guys? Yeah. <laughs> How much shrooms do you take on a daily basis? That's my one question. You want to see the bag, Sterling? Yeah. I'm just kidding. It's empty. I'm Come kidding. on. <laughs> All right, Matt yeah. Connor, what is your must list this week? You guys, I stayed up late last night. I couldn't sleep. I started Jordan Peele's Nope. Did you see this? Yeah, it was entertaining. I started this at like 1230. I'm up until like almost three last night watching. If you guys have never seen it, it's like part Western, part sci-fi, part horror movie with a solid dose of comedy and social commentary. Like I get way into Oscar films. Like I love the Oscars and I love watching all the movies that are supposed to be Oscar winning films. And I like do all this stuff. And so I've seen every. Uh, there's another movie called Everything Everywhere All at Once that's out right now. 
I've seen that a couple times. And then, and then when I watched Nope, I just thought, man, there are some really amazing, audacious filmmakers making movies right now. And I love it. Like they're just taking genres and just ripping every thing you think is going to happen to shreds and they're doing whatever they want. And it looks amazing and they're compelling films and yeah, I just love it. So I, I like Jordan Peele's work anyway, but I just thought Nope was so brilliant. They gave him a big budget. They gave him a big budget, and he like hit a home run with it. And I just thought that was wonderful. Agree. I second it. Did you see this? Film? Nope. Nope. You have not seen Nope. <laughs> nope. He was okay. just waiting Correct. for that. I've not. I've not seen Nope. No. This is going to be an Abbott Costello. All right. What about you, Richard? What's your must list, man? All right. Well, my must list uh, for I guess 2023, my first of the year. It's going to be the uh, ninth. No, two thousand album. From hip-hop legend, in my mind at least, Del, the funky homo sapien. We're talking about Deltron 3030. This is a rap opera, or as Matt Connor would love to say, a hip-hopera set in the year 3030. Starring Deltron, the funky homo sapien. Starring Dan the Automator and Kid Koala. These guys, it's actually technically at least one track. I like to say this. This is a proto-album to the Gorillas self-titled. There's a lot of good stuff on there. There's oh. there's one song in there that's got Damon album. Uh but on beyond that though, it's it's an amazing album. It's all sci-fi focused. There's a lot of uh, a lot of bars about the future and being a cybernetic hacker and smashing the corporate structure of the future and, and shit like that. It's really fun, honestly. It's just a silly album set in the year 3000, uh Deltron 3030. Check it out. Front to back banger. Dude, I love it that you just said that cuz I haven't listened to that album in forever. But I used to revisit. I used to listen to the Far Side and and just had a whole like a whole hip hop phase going on during that time. Listen to Dell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's killer. That's killer. That yeah, everyone check it out. It's a, it's a great album. It's just like a little movie. And then and then Greg Spence is in the chat calling you guys Doug and Doug and Greg Ben and I already forgot the names. The McKenzie brothers from Strange Brew SCTV. Doug and Ben McKenzie. Whoa. Does anyone know who that is? And there's a cool reference in there. I just thought it was very funny. He's he's mentioning SCTV in the chat, and I was like, Yo, there's literally an album. There's literally a track on here where they mention Strange Brew. But apparently, you guys are a bunch of hosers. Just Dog. Want to tell you that. I don't know half of the words you just said. Check out SCTV, guys. I think Greg's in the chat telling you guys. He's he's saying you guys are the McKenzie brothers, and I, I see it. I see it. Every Is it day. a TV show? It's like Canadian Saturday Night Live. It's where it's like Rick, Rick Moranis. Moranis came from, oh. and. Um, Strange Brew is like, uh, have you never seen that? It's a good film. That's funny. It's like, you love it, Sterling. It's, a, yeah, it's about it's beer. Funny. Oh, fuck yeah, I'm in. Gosh, Bob and Doug. Sorry, sorry, Greg. I literally had Bob in my head and I was like, B, B but Ben? <laughs> Bob and Doug. Sterling, well, I'm just so confused right now. Like, I, I am, I am perplexed. Okay. I am perplexed, but I will check out that and drop that in the Discord because I actually want to tr- check out your Deltron, little, yeah. your hip hopra. Uh, I'm really excited to check that bad boy out. Uh, mine is J. Roddy Walson in the business. Uh, love J. Roddy Walson in the business. They're they're really, really talented. Very, very good. Uh, Don't Break the Needle off the first album is very, very solid. Sweat Shock. Uh, they got a lot of really good songs. I'm a big fan of J. Roddy. Listened to them the other day for the first time in a while. I was like, oh, hell yeah. They still kick a lot of ass. So J. Roddy Walson, that's my must list. I love a song named Sweat Shock. Like a, that just makes me smile. Like you could you could say it's about anything, and I yeah, I love. Sounds it. like a syndrome I don't want. <laughs> love it. Take us out of here, Sterling. This was the Arrowhead Addict podcast. Matt Connor looking like a golden boy. The golden boy, Patrick Mahomes. Richard Matt- is back with his luscious hair. 
the glorious mustache. I am Sterling Holmes. I don't have as many redeeming qualities, but this was a lot of fun. I love the gang being back together. Everyone in the comments, thank you guys so much. All the listeners, everyone in the Discord, we really do appreciate you. Until next time, we are out.